Right, nearly half time, pal. Your turn to get a ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN, to get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five. That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny It's the return of the view from the ninny and I know you've all been waiting for this one We've got two games to recap today Probably the worst performance of the season away at Coventry on Tuesday And probably the best performance of the season at home to Luton From the worst team in the football to the best team in the world This is the view from the ninny and I'm joined as usual by Ben Price Ben, how are you, Fish? Dead, very dead, dead. No, That's a shame, um, yeah. that is a shame Home from a lovely weekend back in Brecon Socially distancing and all of that jazz, obviously, to come mm. home to a massacre in a fish tank. Yeah, I'm very sorry to hear. So this episode is actually dedicated to the memory of Ben's fish. Um, yeah. Steve, uh, Rory, Hank. They were, they were good fish. We're all wearing black armbands for the fish. And Tom, how are you, mate, down in West Wales? Uh, good. Uh, no dead pets. Unless something's gone really badly wrong with my dog since I've been upstairs. But no, all good down west, all good down don't west. Don't, don't attempt that fate. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Really don't yeah. attempt that fate. I've got a sad story about a dog if you want that one as well. No. No? Don't blame you. <laughs> We're about I, to discuss Coventry. We don't need... Yeah, I was going to say, we need to take the mood any lower, really. <laughs> um, I mean, let's, let's go back, what, four days, five days now? It's Sunday. We go back to Tuesday. That Coventry performance, Ben. Just how bad was it? Worst performance of the season? Worst performance under Harris? It was grim, wasn't it? I don't think it's quite as bad as QPR 6, but fuck me, it was bad. Just horrific. Um, just, I mean, it's usually, like... usually we talk about men of the match and highlights of the match. What were the lowlights of the Coventry game? So there was nothing high from it, was there? No, there was no positive. I think the lowlights of the game is a goalkeeper we got rid of because he was terrible, keeping a clean sheet and not having a shot against him for the five minutes he was on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, just the ben whole Wilson. all in all was just dire wasn't it it's not like Coventry were good they were just as bad it was an awful awful game of football Tom do you agree uh yeah it's probably one of the worst performances I've seen in years um because I didn't see the QPR game because it was on New Year's Day and I was quite hungover um despite having a ticket so I missed that um but yeah it was awful um well we did have a disallowed goal so it wasn't that's one highlight yeah there was nothing wrong with that there was nothing wrong with it so but actually what you're that, saying shocking. is it was one all. It was a one all draw. Oh, I don't think we deserve that, no. Um, I think even if that was allowed, it should have been chalked off just for overall performance. Because, no, we, we, were, we were terrible. We looked completely devoid of ideas. We just, we were just a shambles. Like, and they were awful. They would give us the ball and then we'd just give it back to them. It was just a weird shit tennis game. It was, I, was an, I, I can't believe we paid to watch it, to be honest. But let's there talk, we go. Let's talk about that disallowed goal, Ben. Can you, do, you, do you know why that goal was disallowed? No, I think what happened was the referee saw two players going down in the box and thought, oh, well, there must be a foul there, guessed and assumed that there was a foul. Because the foul, the foul, if he's given it, is from two Coventry players running into each other. There's no hands up from Morrison or anything like that. It was just that referee in a bad game 
that referee was just as bad as the game. He was woeful. Yeah, he just seemed, didn't seem to have any authority, did he? And all the fouls he gave just seemed to be slightly wrong. No authority, no interest, and not keeping up with the play. He was just weak all around. It was a really, really bad refereeing performance. And I suppose, Tom, that led to that, I mean, baffling mistake by Joe Riles. I, I don't... Yes, it was a bad touch by Joe Riles. But I think the blame has got to be on Sean Morrison, to be honest. Because mm. the, the pass to him in the first place is poor. Rawls doesn't deal with it very well. And then he has a chance to clear the ball, Loz, and just kind of does this weird shadow thing where he tries to block the striker out, but is nowhere near him. And they score. And it's just, yeah, it was a mistake by Rawls, but we, had, we could have cleared the ball. It, it was just a bizarre, bizarre goal. And then... <laughs> to make it worse, we didn't even see it because <laughs> on the footage they were showing us a replay, <laughs> and then suddenly they run into the corner celebrating. It's like, wait a minute, it was our goal kick. But oh, it's just everything about that game, the cameras, you know it, the refereeing, everything was bad. You just know it's bad when I follow a going. There's no way even they can fuck it up from here. We're safe to show a replay, <laughs> and they score. <laughs> That's oh, when you know it's the worst, man. Ben, who are you putting the blame on the goal of? We've got Tom's blaming Moz. I'm blaming Rals. Who are you blaming? I've got to blame Joe Rals for it. Just that pass. <laughs> Two like, one. You've outvoted Tom. He's no longer man of the people. But it's we just put, put it to a no, vote. <laughs> yeah, I'll put it on Twitter now. <laughs> Place the scone vote. Scones. Anyway, c- come on, come on, Ben. There's, there's Say just your bits. No excuse for that pass. I don't know. It, it was the ultimate mind fart. Because I think what happened was with why Sean Morrison stopped the way he did because I think he was so confused as what just happened. Yeah. Like, of all the players you want, the most consistent player you get in the Cardiff City squad most of the time is Joe Rawls. Mm-hmm. For him to do that, you're going, right, we know we're in trouble here. Rawls or Rawls? I'll put that in a poll next as well, mate. <laughs> put that as a Twitter vote. Rawls <laughs> or Rawls? Um, but we, Tom, we just didn't look like coming back, did we? They scored on the 54th minute and the game might as well have ended there because nothing of note happened for the last 35 minutes, did it? Yeah, I think that was a worrying thing. It's like we, we, <laughs> we should have been going for a hell of a level. Like against Millwall, we ended the game pretty strongly. We had chances to score. In this game, we could have played for another three days and not created anything. And that was the most worrying thing about it. Like you'll have games where you lose the teams that you should beat, but it was just the, <clears throat> the whole manner of the defeat and it just looked completely... We just looked deflated, really, which was a bit weird. We're not used to seeing our team just look like they're not interested, like especially with the managers we've had in recent history. We're, not, we're normally a team of triers, but we just looked completely just not there. Ben, did you think that was the end of Harris on Tuesday? Well, I just found it quite funny. We did the podcast on the Sunday talking about how we haven't had that moment where it feels like this <laughs> ends. This is like, it's, we said, none of the performance has been sackable. It's not been that bad. It's just not been that good. And clearly the lads listened to that and went, oh, we'll fucking show you. Yeah, we'll show you, boys. <laughs> yeah, well, you yeah. We'll show you what know. we can really do. <laughs> you didn't think that was shit. Watched this. Um, oh, it was bad, wasn't it? It's a difficult one. It's sort of, I'm sure we'll come to the loot and stuff as well. Um, yeah, it's hard to know where Harris goes next. I think it's hard to tell which way the club's going now. You've gone from the worst performance to one of the best performances. Mm-hmm. Um, Harris, has Harris just bought himself more time or have we genuinely hit rock bottom with a commentary performance and this is the change we needed and we're going to go on a run? I think um, it's not the fact... If we'd scraped past Luton 1-0, I think there'd still be massive calls yeah. to go. But it's just a manner of how we've won the follow-up game, which is like, oh, he's got a reaction out of a team. And I think that's what we were worried about, is that he couldn't pick up the dressing room. People didn't look like they were playing for him. But then to have the worst performance we've seen in years, to then follow it up with that. Against a team, I think Luke did it, only conceded something like, what was it, they'd done nine clean sheets in 16 away games since Nathan mm-hmm. Jones had come in, which is madness. Like That's a ridiculously good record for a team that were extremely poor before Nathan Jones came in. To, to put four past them is a, a pretty good achievement. That I, I don't think any of us really saw it coming. Well, let's let's look at Luton first, and then we can talk more in depth about uh, Neil Harris's job. Uh, obviously, you, you've touched on it there. Probably the best performance of the season. Um, ben, what were your thoughts about um, Mark Harris before the game? I think Mark Harris is, is is someone who Neil Harris, not his dad, 
um, said in September that he wanted to keep him around to get him some game time. He's come on in fits and starts. He came on against Coventry for two minutes, started again on Saturday against Luton. And a few people said it was kind of like a desperate throw of the dice. But if that's a desperate throw of the dice, then why haven't we thrown that dice more this season, right? It's a stranger, isn't it? I think every single person, when he saw his name on the team sheet, raised an eyebrow, very surprised. <laughs> it's not something we saw coming from his, what, 55-second cameo against Coventry. World-class, though. He was world-class. You're not looking at that going, well, he's definitely started the next game. Um, it was a gamble, and it paid off. Look, the kid's clearly got ability. Um, there's a reason Warnock kept him in, the, in, in and around the first-team squad as well. The boy's clearly ready to play first-team football. And to get a decent little goal on your start, on your first start, it's a great way to kick off your senior career, really. Oh, what did you make of Mark Harris? Yeah, he looked sharp. Like, he was making runs, he was stretching the defence. Um, he was moving them around in a way that our other attacking options don't. Um, he was a constant threat in the box as well. Um, and the way he took his goal was great. And, you know, he's clearly playing with a bit of confidence. He's got that goal out uh, against Germany for the Wales on the 21s as well. So, he's, he's got a bit of form going into this, despite not really playing for us. So, it, it, I know what you mean, though. It did look like a desperate move, didn't it? It looked like... Right, let's throw the young lad in. Hope he does something because we're getting, we're not getting a reaction. But perhaps that, perhaps that's good management as well to show like if if you're not playing well, I'm not afraid to bring in someone like Mark Harris. Like no nobody's um, spot is safe in this team, and I don't think you can drop him now, really, can you? Going forward, like you you start a young lad, he scores a goal as well on his on his first league start. You've got to keep him in there. He deserves it. No, he's got to start the next game. Really, I think you're right to say that he he offered something different, and I think it was just getting someone alongside Kiefer Moore, right? When we played with Moore and Glatzel, I think there is a tendency that they both want to do the same thing. They both want to try and win the headers. And I know Glatzel can make those runs, but I think the system we play with them both means that they both try and win those headers. But Harris just got around Kiefer Moore. He got on flick-ons. He got beyond him and to, to bring him back into play. And I think that's the important thing, really. Like you say, it stretches defences and occupies them, which means that Kiefer Moore can then go and do what he needs to do, and which is win headers and, and win the flick-ons. Um, ben, I want to touch on the, the fact that yesterday was less passing, less possession and more direct football. We've, you know, I've, I've gone on about it basically every week that, yes, we've, we've got more possession and more passes. But yesterday was almost like back to what we were doing last season, right? Direct football, attacking football and no fucking around with the ball when we have it. Yeah, it was sort of like Harris has gone, all right, fuck it, let's play to the strengths. This is how this team knows to play. Let's play this way. And it clearly worked. Um, we all want to see a change in direction of football. Mm-hmm. But we're also seeing it's gonna if we're gonna change that style, it doesn't happen overnight. There's gonna be a tra- it's either gonna go through a transition period, or we go more direct. We stay with the more direct style and we sort of reap the results. Luton are a possession-based team as well. I'm not surprised to see us concede possession to them, especially at home. But um, yeah, it was it was a sharp contrast to what we've seen over the last few weeks. Even the change of style, it clearly was not just a case of Luton holding the ball more, but us. There was a, a making a decision to go more direct. A, a fun fact from Matthew Myers on Twitter was that um, we haven't won when we've had more possession than our, in our opponents. That's eight games, and we also haven't lost when we've had less possession than our opponents this season, which is six games. So basically, Tom, less possession, more wins. Yeah, we can't be trusted with the ball. So, <laughs> <laughs> so just let them have the ball, and then we'll try some in. But no, I think it's, it shows that we kind of. We can't try and play football in every game. Do you know what I mean? This is horses for courses, and like that was the game plan that would work against Luton, and we had that was the players we had on the pitch as well. And it was just good to see us start a game like brightly as well, because that's been our problem all season. And you know, just to have like a goal, was it four minutes in, and then you mm-hmm. instantly then it's the same with Barnsley, isn't it? Two, two goals in ten minutes, and I would yeah. like to know when the last time we did that. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like we start when we start a game brightly, it's like a wave of confidence hits the team and kind of goes, ah, we could score a couple more, yeah? So hopefully, mm-hmm. same thing happens now again against Huddersfield, just score early and then just kick on rather than chasing a game. I think the last time we scored in the first 10 minutes was Nottingham Forest earlier this season, um, where we did go on to win the game 2-0, but we, we, we quickly took our foot off the, the gas in that game. Um, ben, do you, you talked about keeping Mark Harris in the team. Do you think this is our starting eleven for the next game? Do you, would you make any changes? Not really. Um, it's hard to drop that side. You say it's the best. When you say it's the best performance of the season, as long as they're all fit and they're all firing, it's hard to make any to drop anyone really. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think what that showed is we're, we're our best for a counter-attack inside. I think mm-hmm. that's part of why sort of holding possession hasn't worked as well. We're better at striking teams on the counter. You look at the goal for Mark Harris, that comes from a Luton corner. Yeah. Um, just the, the counter-attack is the way for us to go, I think, with this, the way this team's set up. And that's sort of why we're being a bit more direct. And if you're going to play that way, having two strikers, and you're going to play two strikers, having two slightly different strikers who can work with each other is definitely the way to go. And finally, Tom, um, lovely, lovely Gavman got some game time as well. Uh, at the Gavman, he came on for about 10 minutes, looked quite bright. Um, were you happy to see Gavin White on? I think everyone is really, Ben. You know, um, <laughs> I think the one thing we wanted to see was the Gavman on the pitch. The forgotten man, Gav. So, no, it's nice to see him get a run up. Still not convinced he's very good at football, but <laughs> who knows? Perhaps he'll surprise us. I mean, I, I really I really want Gavin White to come good. Um, I feel like he's... I, I can't remember the last time before Saturday we actually saw him play um, uh, for a, long, a relatively long period. Do you know what I mean? The only thing I remember him doing last year was missing a sitter at the Liberty against Swansea. Oh, Christ. Um, yeah. When the, the cross came to the back post and he put it straight at the goalie. Um, I just think like we've got players like him in the squad who could who could have an impact at some point, right? And I think you know we we, we kind of persist with giving Josh Murphy a chance when I, he's clearly never going to come good. So why not give Gavin White a go? I think it's because Josh Murphy has shown like shades of quality here and there, where Gavin White has just shown a lot of mediocrity every time he's been on the pitch. Like he's a classic. Like we've had quite a few players over the years that you want them to do well. But yeah, it's yeah, more right. like kind of like oh, he seems nice rather than him having any sort of footballing ability about him. But he seems a nice, nice chap. That's the thing. He just seems like a nice lad. Let's let's you know we've beaten Luton four 0 We're looking ahead to Tuesday with Huddersfield. But let's talk about Neil Harris's job first, Ben. Um, part of me thinks, and it was it was a classic post match on Twitter. Um, we're obviously not in the grounds at the moment, so you can't boo. You can't say boo, man. Um, <laughs> boo, man. Fucking, fucking boo. Fucking boo, man. <laughs> can't say that when um, the, you know, he's coming around to clap the fans. There was a classic kind of interaction on Twitter after the game where people were going, where are the boo boys now? Where are the Neil Harris out boys? There was other people going, well, he's just delayed the inevitable, blah, blah, blah. Paula Bandonato, um, everyone's favourite Wales Online journalist, has basically said that um, it's too, probably too late to save Harris's job, but it was so refreshing. What happens now, Ben? We've got game code up on Tuesday. He's not going to be sacked before Tuesday. But let's say Tuesday goes the other way. We lose 3-0. Then what happens? It's up to the board, isn't it? It's a tough decision, then. Do you I go... Just, you go say it's, yes, he's going to get sacked. Come on. Reactionary. I don't think he's going to get sacked until January. If, he, if it does carry on going rally, I don't think he's getting sacked until January anyway. Um where's the natural break to go right this is where it's going to go I think if you're mm. going to do it that's why a lot of teams will wait to the international break to make changes that's clearly going to happen same with people like Koku at Derby if you're going to go you need to do it when you've got time to get someone in and sort of make a bit of a change you do you sack- think he's do you think he's benefiting then from the fact there are no crowds do you think if there was a crowd there the, the board's hand might be forced a bit more if the, if the you know the atmosphere was turning that kind of thing no, I, to be honest I think he's hampered by the fact there's no fans I think there's no way the players make the mistakes they'd be making if the fans are there, mm-hmm. because they won't. The fans will won't stick it more than what like two. You can make one or two mistakes and the fan will forgive you, but if it's constant like it has been, the fans are getting the players back and the players will sharpen up pretty bloody quick. I also think the home record to be totally different if the fans are back. Um, I think if anything, he's been hampered. There's no fans not benefiting from it. Tom, you were nodding. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think. We'd be higher up. I know any club can say that we'd benefit by having our fans back, but we really do kind of bounce off like the atmosphere at home. Like considering like half the time the stadiums like half empty, we we generally require a lot of noise, and like you can see the players reacting to it. And yeah, I agree with what Ben's saying about we wouldn't make as many mistakes and stuff. But if you look at it, if we were say we were still playing that bad, I think yeah, the boo boys thing would. I, I think they'd, yeah, there'd be a lot of fucking boomers going on. I think at the moment, so I think Harris is lucky in that respect. Do you do you agree with do you, you know you've you, you've been quite steadfast in your views that he should stay? Do you agree with Ben that no matter what he's around till January? Yeah, I don't think the board are going to be too rash, and I, I, I know you shouldn't do it because there's like a derby around the corner. But we're playing the Jack soon, and he, I don't think you want to be Your sacking birthday. a man at, not on my birthday. Um, so you don't want to be sacking manager just before it you don't want to sack him just after it because they'll 
they'll just hold that over us. Are we got your manager sacked? So I think the sensible thing would be to leave it till January, see what happens. But I'm hoping like we get a positive result again against Huddersfield. I think the pressure's off him a little bit again then. I think because we're not what we seven after Swansea's well, today, like we're seven points of the playoffs, aren't we? I was, I was, yeah, I was looking at the table. We're we're in fourteenth, but Brentford are just outside the playoffs on twenty three, and then Bristol are just in it on twenty four. So seven points in it. But the league title, the, you know, the league title, the league race up until Norwich from fourteenth, well, fifteenth, where QPR are to Norwich, there's only eleven points in it between us and first place. Like, which like I, said, I, know, I know it's I know it seems like a lot, but it's not insurmountable in the championship, no. is it? Because this league and as as the results showed this weekend, um, you know, I think what was it? Uh, Rotherham drew with Black with Bournemouth, I think it was. Um, I can't remember. If yeah. you carry on talking, I'll check these. Yeah, it was well. Yeah, Rotherham drew with Bournemouth. Yeah, and it was like the Coventry equalised late against Norwich, and like you can see this, these results happening quite often as well. Um, yeah. And you know, like Bristol City drop points against Reading, who hadn't won in something like five games. Or something yeah, mad like Sheffield Wednesday drew with Stoke. Yeah, Watford like and smashed Preston. Reading were running away with it at one point. Yeah, and then they were completely shit the next. So you know you don't know in this league, and it's just it's just a time for us now to go on a bit of a run. We've said this. I know we've said this countless times, but like you know we've got to put after the Barnsley game, we kind of didn't kick on from it, and this Luton one now we've got to kick on from it. We've got to put a sequence of performances together, like. We've had two complete performances all season, probably, between that and Barnsley. So we need to string a, a few together if we're going to have any sort of run at the playoffs. Ben, do you, do you sympathise, 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 sympathise with those fans who, um, I broke for a moment there, who basically have got, maybe it's not sympathise, but do you understand why some fans are basically, it feels like there's some fans on Twitter who are already done with Harris. They've already basically said that that's it for him. Do you sympathise with that? Do you understand no, their view? I think, I think everyone deserves a chance to turn it around. If Harris can turn it around, then we definitely need to keep with him. Mm-hmm. Um, look, if you can make good on what he's worked on and it gets us to where we want to be, which is obviously towards the top of the league, then he deserves the, he deserves that chance. Um, I, I'm not one of these guys that, as far as managers go, he, as soon as it goes badly, he's got to go and that's it. There are players that have won me round. There are managers that have won me round. There are managers that I've loved have been a fucking disaster and then suddenly you d- can't stand them. It's just, you p- go for them on their record. If it looks like things are turning around and if you go off this looting game, it clearly looks like it is, then he deserves a chance. You can't then hound him for results a year later. Like you can't. Obviously, we can't stick with him and say, oh, well, he got us to the playoffs last year when we're towards the bottom of the league. Well, that, that's what I was going to say, right? Surely, that do you think there's a case of some short memories there? Because obviously, he came in last season when things were dreadful. Um, yes, he didn't start particularly well, and the QPR game was obviously the start of the turnaround. But he got us into the playoffs, right? And he got us close to the Premier League. So, do you think he can do that again? Yeah, I, I don't see why not. I really do. I don't see there's any reason why this squad and Harris. I don't think Harris like. There's some people saying he's a joke of a manager. He's a clown. He's not. He's clearly a decent manager. Um, it's just sometimes things don't work out at certain clubs. And if that's the case with him and Cardi, if Harris will succeed somewhere else. Um, yeah, I don't Tom, think... Why do you think people have, have so turned against him when, yeah, we've had a few bad results, but it doesn't feel like things are as bad as they were under Warnock at the start, you know, when he left and things like that. Just, do you think people are just frustrated at the general situation they're taking out on Cardiff City? Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's a general frustration that you're not in the ground anywhere. You're sat at home and... Games seem worse when there's no atmosphere around it as well. Like when, oh, for sure. when you don't add in like the the kind of the sights and sounds of crowds, football is a lot harder to watch. Even if they're playing good football, it's not the same. And I think it just makes everything worse. And I don't think we can underestimate how hard it is. I know it's the same for every team, but like how hard it must be for a manager at the moment. It's such a strange situation. Like your whole kind of build-up to matches is different now. Even when you're turning up the stadiums, it's all yeah, over where you're getting ch- Even where you're getting changed. You get, these yeah. players are getting changed in media rooms. and Yeah, and I think, it's, you know, it's his first kind of... I know it's quite a long period we haven't been great, but it's his first blip, really. I think he would... I would, I would and I think... you. you you just want the bloke to have a normal season. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and I think the general feeling, look, there's a lot of people who want him out, but I think most of our fans seem to like him as a bloke and want him to do well. I don't think there's people who don't like him as a person because sometimes you have a toss in charge of your team and it's harder for them to win over fans. But there seems to be a general kind of liking towards the bloke. 
It's just we couldn't carry on losing to teams like Coventry in the manner we did. And if we'd lost to Luton, there would have been a call for him to go. But I, I'd be more than happy to see him see the season out, as long as we're not in relegation trouble. Before we get to the Twitter questions, who's the biggest, who's the most unlikable manager we've had in your time, Ben? Dave Jones had his moments, but the football was so good. Um, most unlikable, Trollope, I think. In recent history, Paul Trollope was just uninspiring and dour, wasn't he? It just didn't. But was he was he as a person unlikable? Uh, no, um, I don't think we've had too many, have we? We've not been in recent years, probably. Christ, I can't remember. It's probably Dave Jones. It probably yeah. is Dave Jones. Jones. It's just, like you said. Yeah, the crop of players he had and the football we played kind of really let him off the hook a bit. It's probably the least bastard. manager, but I think he's pro- he's also one of my favourite times ever supporting Cardiff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you discounted, don't you? Yeah, you just deal with it. Tom, Dave Jones, do you agree with that? Yeah, like I think Malky didn't really help his case in the end with due to certain actions, <laughs> but like he came across as a decent guy for most of it. Um, it was afterwards but, I didn't like him, but during my time, yeah. Yeah, before the ob- obvious errors. He was, a bit, ways. he was a bit falsy, wasn't he? <laughs> but, but yeah, like Slade seemed, hey, like, oh. seemed like a nice bloke, but just out of his depth. Solskjaer the same, to be fair. He's just a bit, he's, he seems like a nice chap, but... He's just wet, depth, isn't he? He was yeah. a little bit, yeah. But Dave Jones was clearly a miserable, horrible bastard. But we played good football and it was exciting, so... You kind of just let, I, let him get away with it. I've sort you sort of speak to people like close to Dave Jones, and apparently he was quite a nice guy behind the scenes. Yeah, and I, just, I did a radio show with him, and he was all right. He just had a strong dislike for the South Wales press, and sort of that sort of whole negative image of Dave Jones was persuaded yeah. sort of sort of a witch hunt by Wales Online. Like you sort of think of the way Paul Abanato went after him, sort of said the stuff he did. Tucker, Chris Tucker, sort of the articles he had on him. There was no love lost there, and sort of you got the impression he wasn't actually that nice of a bloke. Then he speaks to new enough everyone, and I don't think there are too many people that didn't like him. And he gave us that that brilliant, have a shit journey home, which is still one of my favourite ways that he's ever ended. Yeah, have a shit journey home. Right, moving on to Twitter. Uh, A couple of comments. Uh, Alex Strange said, it was an excellent win, but means nothing if we can't push on. Too many times a good performance is followed up by a poor one. What does Harris need to do to prevent this one from happening again? Ben, it's that consistency, isn't it? We just need to go on Tuesday and get a win. It's our weird of the season, is it? Consistency. Yeah. Um, if we can follow it up and get another decent result, then you're clearly going to, it looks like you're going to go on a decent run. But yeah, what does he need to do? I, I don't know. I think keep the same team, build consistency that way, and hope the players don't make a fucking hash of it again. Yeah, blame players. Uh, Jesse Pears says, can't wait to lose 3 0 next game. That being said, why on earth does this side have to be the most, have to have the most potential, yet is the most inconsistent team in the league? Um, Tom, do you think it's about harnessing those the, the best of those players, right? We, Harry Wilson still really hasn't got going, perhaps in, in a Cardiff shirt. He was very poor on kids' coverage on Tuesday, but that was a reflection on the team. Is it just about getting the best out of those players? Mark Harris, making sure that he's consistent with the performance, ensuring Kiefer Moore's playing the same each week. Is that essentially what it boils down to? Yeah, I think so. I think we've been quite unlucky where, where when players have had off games, it's been a handful of them. You can mm-hmm. afford to carry one or two players, but we were carrying six or seven in some of the games. Um, we're not going to lose many games 3-0. That's the thing. It's the games where we're bad, we're not leaking loads and loads of goals. We're just not creating anything. And then we'll, we'll, we'll have a silly mistake. So we're not going to get thumped many times. It's just kind of, for the attacking talent we have got, we need them to click at the same time. And it's happened twice this season, really. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, and like you said, we just need to be consistent. We need it to happen for a few games in a row. And suddenly, look, you'll be looking a lot brighter in the league because it's all over the place at the moment and it'll continue to be all over the place for the rest of the season. The the final tweet's from CCFC Related. He said, a good performance, but it won't mean anything until we start playing consistently. There it is again. The biggest difference between Warnock and Harris is that players would run through a shithouse for Warnock, whether it's more questionable under Harris. Although, is there any better managers out there at the moment who could do a better job? He's mentioned Danny Crowley or David Wagner, but I'm not 100% convinced. Um, and a few people did mention Benitez or how. That's the key question, isn't it, Ben? Who is out there who would come in and do a better job? I mean, David Wagner went to Schalke and absolutely shit the bed at Schalke. Um, Danny Crowley, I just don't think... I, I don't really know what went wrong for him at Huddersfield. It looked like they were going to get results, but then it all fell apart towards the end of the season. Um, I mean, who would you... I mean, 
who would you pick if you had to say no? Um, Cook, I think, is the obvious answer, isn't it? We said yeah. it last week. But um, Dave Wagner, Christ, when you mention Wagner, my head, my like, honestly, start head started hurting. Was it, was got, it Huddersfield well, the only team? Well, at Huddersfield for a season, or two seasons, actually. They yeah, did all right. Very well. And then, oh my God, since then, it's like nosedive, doesn't it? Like he it has. He almost sent Schalke down. Let's not forget that. He did almost sent Schalke down. They still haven't recovered. And weren't, I'm just double-checking. Huddersfield were the first team to be promoted to the Premiership with a negative goal difference when they went up. Um, yes. They scored 56. They conceded 58 um, over a season. Um, which which was 20, 30 goals less than the team who finished first, which was Newcastle, and twenty and another 30 goals less than the sixth-place team, which was Fulham. Um, God, yeah, I don't think I want David Wagner at, at Cardiff. Um, no, I went to the playoff final with them in it, and it was one of the worst games of football I'd seen. Like, for, for what is, like, an unbelievable occasion, it was drab. It was so, <laughs> so bad. But, yeah, I... I I'm not convinced by Cook either. I don't think he's the right person, personally. The Cowley brothers, we're not going to get the Cowley brothers. It's too progressive for us, I think. Yeah, I don't think the club aren't ambitious enough to do that, are they? No, I, I think, think that's the big issue. So, like, part of me is like, ah, oh, sensible appointment, get someone in. And then there's a, there's like a nagging part of my head that's just going, give it a battery, fuck it. It'll be fun. We could get relegated. We could go up. Who knows? He could start a fight with someone. It, it could be magical. A part of me just wants excitement now because we're not in the grounds at the moment. So I just want something to happen. A part of me is like, yeah, go on, give it to him. Bothroyd said to give it to him. definitely make Gavin White cry, wouldn't he? Yeah, we might get the best out of him. We might get the, you know, the, the Intermentalist in Gavin White coming out. He's either going to make Gavin White be amazing or Gavin White's going to run out to the pitch and just wet himself. That's the sort of What's feeling I get. Gavin to the Gav man. Either way, it's impact, isn't it? So, it is, yeah. yeah impact, he'll yeah. make an impression. Yeah. Right, let's let's talk about the Huddersfield game coming up on Tuesday. Um, some familiar faces in the Huddersfield team. We've got a Bakuna brother at right back, um, playing alongside his own Bakuna brother at right back. Uh, the old enemy, Jonathan Hogg in midfield, and Fraser Campbell up front, who actually got on on the score sheet for them yesterday as they beat Middlesbrough three two. Ben, what do you know about Huddersfield? Do you know anything about them this season? Same as us, inconsistent. I think if yeah. you look at the sort of what their fans have been saying on Twitter, they're waiting for the same of us, just waiting for it to really click. It's not bad, but it's not great. And yeah, they're just waiting for the season to get going. Yeah, their last five games go win at Millwall, lost to Bristol, draw at Luton, lost to Stoke, win against Brother. Tom, does that suggest the draw is coming? Uh, Borough, not Brother. Why did I say Brother? Draw at Borough. <laughs> win at Borough. Oh, I've lost it. Um, that, you know, that, that says a draw, right? It did, that would, yeah. Um, but no, I think we'll win. Um, I think Huddersfield as a club are one of those kind of going under the radar shambles, aren't they, as well? Yeah. There's a lot going on off the pitch. So I don't think I ever saw them as a team who are going to be knocking about towards the top What's top happened places. to Ward there? I don't think he's played. I think he's been injured. Yeah. Um, he was on the bench on Saturday and he came on. Um, who did he come on for? Maybe he came on. He came on up front by the looks of things, but I don't think he's really hit the ground running there at the moment. Oh, no. we know. What's, we know what's going to happen then, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Fraser Campbell threads the ball through to fucking Danny Ward to score. <laughs> Danny, da- I, I tell you what. If we were in the ground, our fans would be singing for him to come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've, see, they've, they've got a couple of decent players there. They got like that. Um, Harry Toffler has been playing well for them, but uh, that Jonathan Hogg's. An horrible bastard, isn't he? Like, it, I don't mind a hard tackling player, but he is nasty and he goes out to hurt people. Yeah, he, well, he, he did Trey Conway, didn't he? Yeah, and he did it. He, he did a naughty one earlier in the season, one of the Sky Games as well. That I think he got, got unpunished for it as well, where he's just catching them off with the shin. And like, he's just not a nice player. Like, normally, the player like that is like, Oh, you like him if he's in your team? I said, like, I don't think I would. Yeah, he's, he's not going to be nasty, is he? Nah, he's a nasty piece of work, but. I, I don't know. We we should have enough to beat Huddersfield. Um, we've said that before, and it's backfired. But we 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 should have enough to beat them. And I I see us. I don't think it'll be as emphatic as it was against Leighton, but I I th- I think we'll get a win. To be honest, are you as confident, Ben? I really don't know. I can't call it. It's one of those. They could be great. We could be great. Or it could just be shite. Well, that's all the possibilities, Ben. Of course, it could be all of those. Yeah, I know. But one, for us, let's face it, it's going to go more likely going to be it's going to be shite. Yeah, yeah. Um, it could quite easily be a five nil win to either one of the sides, or one or nil, like the worst nil nil game in history. 
Well, their 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 goal difference is minus one. They've scored one more goal than us, but conceded six more goals than us. They're one place above us in the table. So, is it a six pointer already, Ben? No, it's too early for that. Um, oh, come on, just give it to me. I want some drama. Can you, can you really have a mid-table six-pointer? Yes. Yes. Of course you can. Come on. <laughs> if we win, we could the go eleventh to finish thirteenth or fourteenth. <laughs> we could go eleventh, and they could go ninth. So it's a pretty big game, Ben. It's big a pretty game, big game. Bloody Going big into the fifteenth game of the season, you'd be a third of the way through the season, and you could either be just below mid table or just above mid table. Big game, Ben. Huge man. <laughs> How have you not Huge. done a sky advert for this, Ben? Jesus. I, <laughs> they call. They call, but I said, "Sorry, I'm really busy. I'm doing a podcast. Um, I'm doing my own podcast." Um, I don't know what I was going to say next. Um, <laughs> You were just so excited by the possibility of being top of mid-table. <laughs> oh, can you imagine, mate? Can you imagine looking down on 13 or 14 teams below us? The giddy heights of 11th. <laughs> Look, have we been that high this season? I can't remember. This season feels very long already. No, I don't think um, we have. No, we haven't been that high. Oh, would you uh, keep the same team, right? There's, there's no point making changes. Keep the same team, um, go for broke, and then, and then just see what happens, right? Yeah, I think that's the way to go. Yeah. Tom, do you agree? Couldn't agree more, Ben. Good. Neil Harris is listening, so just remember to do that. Score prediction, Ben? Uh, Nil-nil. And Tom, goal prediction? Score prediction? Uh, um, One-nil. I think we'll win one-nil. We'll win two-one. Two-one, two-one. Right, moving on to the fun parts of the podcast, because this has been very serious up until now. Um, Obviously, this weekend was the second round proper of the FA Cup. A couple of shocks out there with the the third round draw coming tomorrow. Um, I thought we'd do a little roundup of all the Cardiff City players that were involved in the Cup uh, up until this point. So yesterday, uh, between Morecambe and Solihull, you know, the big derby that game, big derby. Uh, Aaron (laughs) Wildig was bossing the midfield for Morecambe, and Cameron Cox was playing right wing for Solihull. Right wing. He looked quite good as well. He's got a long throw on him, so I'm surprised he actually let him go. <laughs> you know, in our obsession with long throws. Um, Cameron Jerome uh, got, the, got the goal for MK Dons as they went through at the expense of Ben Nugent's Barnet, the club, not his hair. Uh, Nicky Maynard scored in the 120th minute for Mo- put Mansfield through to the, in, uh, uh, ahead of Dagenham and Redbridge. Gary Medine scored, started for Blackpool as they won 4-0. Thomas Sand got some minutes for Cheltenham as they beat Crew. Uh, and Ben, this isn't really FA Cup related, but you spotted a former Cardiff City player making the transition into management. Yeah, former Platinum player CEO, Andrew Taylor, has somehow ended up in charge of Sunderland. So in the space so they, of... What... They, sacked Phil, they sacked Phil Parkinson um, earlier today, and I think he came in as first team coach under Phil Parkinson, Andrew yeah. Taylor, because he was involved with them at Bolton, so... They've somehow gone, though, from Chris Coleman in the space of, what, three, four years? From Chris Coleman to Andrew Taylor. I've got, I'm a father of five. I'm a father of five. <laughs> How am I a prick? prick? I've got three kids. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest quote in any documentary ever, I think. Do you, just, do, you, do you think Andrew Taylor will do well at Sunderland? I don't think anyone can do well at Sunderland at the moment, can they? I think no, it's a basket case in the club. They've sacked Parkinson when they're eighth because they're expecting to be top of the championship, I think, is their expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a club that's just carnage. It was quite, I looked at the Wikipedia earlier. It's manager, vacant, chairman, vacant. <laughs> you know that's not Oh, yeah, of course. They haven't got the chairman at the moment, have they? Because um, they got rid of that weird guy. Was this Charlie or something? I've watched Sunday. There was, there was definitely Charlie involved. Oh, well, that's allegedly. Allegedly. Bloody hell, Ben Price. Um, also, uh, Andrew Taylor will be taking charge of Dion Sanderson, uh, who's on loan at Sunderland for the rest of the season. Um, I don't know how many appearances he's made so far. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an all Cardiff kind of City affair up on the northeast. I tell you what, though, like out of the players we had during when Andrew Taylor was with us, he looked like someone who'd go into management, like the kind of presence he had. He knows the game. He's clearly not as thick as some other footballers. Like, you know, he's got a bit about him and I'm not surprised to see him end up in a role. Obviously, it's a basket case of a club to have your first job at, but and it's only as an interim thing. But I think you could always see him going into management at some point. Good hair as well. Always very well manicured. Pristine, yeah. Pristine haircut. Probably has it cut every two weeks to keep it that length, I would say. Um, Obviously, with the F... With the FA Cup round two happening today, tomorrow is the FA Cup draw. We are ball number 11. Um, I've picked some balls to look out for, not mine. Um, 57 is Newport County. 
I check mine in the shower, mate. Always check them. 38, Swansea City. 24, Manchester United. And there's a few non-league clubs still knocking around. You've got 49, Stockport County. 53, Chorley. 60, Canby Island or Boreham Wood. Otherwise known as Boring Wood. The most boring ground I've been to. Uh, 54, Morecambe aren't, but they've just got Aaron Wildig. They're, they're a league club. And 58, Marine. Um, there's a bit of a fun fact about Marine, which has a Cardiff City theme to it. Uh, they are the first eighth-tier club to reach the third round proper after Chasetown in 2007 and 2008, um, nice. which is, of course, the team we played in the third round before we went on the FA Cup final run in 2008. So, Ben, who would you like to draw in the next round? Um, I quite like Newport County if the fans are allowed in. Say it properly, please. Newport okay. County. Newport County. Do the County. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. What's or funny about that? Sort of marine, like sort of non-league side would be fun just to watch, mm-hmm. and watch us lose to them would be entertaining. But I can just see us drawing some crap bloody championship side. It's always the way, isn't it? When we, when was the last good draw we got in the FA Cup? Chase Town was pretty good in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. That, that, um, that was genuinely the last good run because we had like Hereford, Chase Town, and like then making Barnsley. it to the final. Barnsley, yeah, doesn't really count. But other than that, it's been. I suppose Man City a couple of years ago was all right for a sort of draw, but then we played in the next season anyway. Yeah, um, that was that was that was the difference that season, wasn't it? We were aiming for the Premier League anyway, so drawing them felt just almost like cheating. Yeah. Um, I basically I either want the, the lowest ranked non-league team like Marine Chorley, I want someone like Newport because there's a bit of a Welsh flavour and a Welsh derby to it, and we haven't played Newport in ages, or just like Arsenal, just because then at least if you lose to Arsenal, you can just go, oh well, it was Arsenal. Otherwise, yeah. I don't want to get fucking Millwall or Luton. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? I want Marine because there's a lot of houses around there and I reckon you could chance it. You'd go up and just knock on the doors and go socially distance, of course, but can I stand in the garden? Someone might say yes if they don't. And someone want- might call the police. Yeah, but it's fine. And then if, if you could just watch... A rule of six means we can hang out outside. Oh, it's January. The rules might change. There's that. people eat, eating their dinner and watching it in, from their gardens and stuff watching earlier on. There's, there's a woman with a glass of Prosecco with a head over the fence. <laughs> I was just like, this is class. If the ball hit though, <laughs> if the ball just hit her in the face. <laughs> but if someone with a horn that wasn't in the ground just setting it off for like 120 minutes of football, it's going mental as well. That's just like, that that's the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah. I just love a story like that. Obviously, eight, an eighth-tier club getting to the third round proper. I, I would like them to get. I would like us to draw them, but I, for their sakes, I hope they get Man United away. Like, can you yeah. imagine Marine going to Old Trafford? Oh, like Liverpool is a local one. Yeah, Liverpool to Marine. Liverpool. Might not have to go to Marine. Yeah, that'd be class actually. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to lose. Yeah, that'd be really <laughs> but, funny. But like, it was like this got a hundred twentieth minute goal as well. And yeah. where he di- did a diving head and missed in it in the back of the head and looped up into the goal. <laughs> it was class. It was <laughs> like you just wished there was fans in there because they went bonkers. Oh, the that, scenes. But like, they, and they, some you know, Ben, I think you you spotted it about um, the keeper in his full kit has gone just been caught the off the off license as well. <laughs> but this, I think, this is the thing about the FA Cup, right? And as someone who goes, you know, when Cardiff aren't playing, I go to watch a lot of non-league football, and it me- it does mean so much to the the lower leagues clubs. And like as someone has said, Marine now go into the third round. The prize money they'll have got so far because they'll have gone through seven or eight qualifying rounds to get here, and each round the money goes up. I think by the time you get to the first round proper, you're only two or three grand for a win. In the qual- uh, in, uh, in 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 the, the qualifying round, sorry. So that money and the money they've earned so far, and the TV money they'll be getting from this, is enough to put their club because they're an eighth tier club. They're they're not professional. They're semi pro. You know, they're they're not paying the players a lot of money to play. I think they'll get match fees and things like that, but it's not a massive amount of money. This will set their club up for the next couple of years, and I think that's just that's what everyone should rec- recognize about the FA Cup, right? People treat it as this afterthought, but for a club like them, it's it's game-changing love it love it yeah but anyway that's my me off my off my soapbox now Um, we'll we'll round it off with the view from Ninian Hall of Fame Um, Ben do you have the results there because I know you want to gloat about this one yep I played every single person like a fucking fiddle I mean yeah you you did thank you thank thank you for voting for me gerrymandered the victory for yourself I think I tweeted the picture of Bellamy smiling behind Ben Tinner as he scored about four times before we did the Hall of Fame. Scum <laughs> move. Scum move. That's gerrymandering as finest. Yeah. There you felt they fell for it. With a fantastic 60% of the vote, Craig Bellamy's grin in the League Cup final <laughs> enters the prestigious Hall of Fame like it deserves to be. 
Like, I deserve to get, I deserve the vote. He didn't grin. I'm grinning. Fuck all of you. I'm getting nothing next week, am I? Okay. Uh, second place, Peter Thorne. Uh, with 26% and 14% was Marco Gruich. <laughs> it just sounds underwhelming, Marco, after, uh, after the Peter Thorne and like League Cup final grin. I'm just sad that I've, got, I've, I've gone big on Peter Thorne and he's not going to get in the Hall of Fame when I think yeah, he's that, been there. I hope you feel responsible for that, to be honest. This, that poses a question. Can we, at any point, bring in someone we've already mentioned or is that it once they've been mentioned? Nah, gone to slaughter now, mate. Peter Thorne has been... Do you think? Sent to the slower, or house, do we yeah. want to give ourselves one opportunity to bring back something from earlier in the season? You have like a wild card to play. I feel like this is something we should have discussed before doing the Hall of Fame. You're just changing <laughs> the rules to suit. <laughs> Look, just you've lost Peter Thorne to Cardiff City history, it's your own fault. <laughs> all right, well, fair enough. Then that's fine. I just wanted to run it past you guys. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to this week's nominations. And Ben, as you are now man of the people, Mr. Jerry Mander of the people. Um, can you please talk through your nomination this week? Yeah, I think you boys saw on the running order that I, I originally I went big, too big. In fact, that I felt he actually was... went. He actually went Cardiff City Football Club. <laughs> Put them in the Hall of Fame. God, if they lost, because that wouldn't, that wouldn't <laughs> yeah. win. No, it that's the thing. Cardiff is itself wouldn't actually win, would it? Yeah, no, I went too big, so I pulled that in and sort of winded it back a bit. Um, I've gone for, and the only reason I've gone for this is because I was supposed to go for it before we played Millwall was Sol Bamba's bicycle kick that got wrongly disallowed because Joe Bennett got kicked on the head um, mm. in the promotion-winning year. Um, I feel that his goal got disallowed, but that moment of Sol, Sol Bamba scored a bicycle kick. That should not be forgotten. That should be rewarded somehow. And I think that reward should be a place in the Buffendinian Hall of Fame alongside Craig Bellamy smiling at the League Cup final. <laughs> I was at that game and it was baffling that the overhead kick wasn't allowed. No. I thought it was offside originally, but no, well, it was Joe Because he, gave, he, gave, he called it back for a free kick to us, didn't he? Yeah, the ref played advantage. Bennett was down. He sort of turned away to check on Bennett, wasn't watching the game as Bamba scores his bicycle kick. The ball hits the back of the net, but as it's just before it's hitting Bamba's boot, he blows the whistle yeah. and pulls it back for a free kick as Bennett had been kicked in the head. It was, oh, it was just one of those decisions that you can see why he's given it, but Christ, if you just let it go that extra second and actually give the advantage the time to breathe like he should have, um, we'd have won. <laughs> We would have won, and that would have made a big difference to that promotion season because we'd have gone up by two extra points. So, <laughs> and you're not winning this week. I'm going to make sure of it because I've gone, um, I've gone relatively big with Harry Arter getting Jonathan Hogg sent off at Huddersfield in the Premier League. Now, Harry Arter didn't do a lot for Cardiff City. He ran after a lot of loose balls and kicked them into the crowd, and he kind of clapped and harried other players around a little bit. Um, but he did get Jonathan Hogg sent off at Huddersfield by absolutely shithousing him. Um, I think the incident basically is him pulling at Jonathan Hogg until Hogg reacts and headbutts him. Um, but Harry Arter goes down. And I don't think the headbutt actually connected, but Harry Arter goes down and got Jonathan Hogg sent off. Um, and I think that was retribution, really, because Jonathan Hogg is a horrible prick who broke Craig Conway's ankle all those years ago, and he deserves nothing but bad things that happened to him. So I'd just like to put Harry Arter's one good thing into the Hall of Fame. Is Harry Arter the most disappointing loan, loan signing we've had? It's a strange one, because like our fans adore him because he ran around mm. a lot. And like... It's just a classic thing of like, we could have a fantastic footballing player, but if our fans don't like him because he doesn't run around much, we'll absolutely slaughter them. And then you have someone like him who shouts a lot and runs around, and you'd swear, I don't know. Yeah, I think some people thought he was the best player we had at the club at the time. There was people who do anything into Camarasa. I'm mentalists. That's all I can say about that. Harry Arter was really good at running to get to the ball and then misplacing a pass or kicking it out of play. He was just. He was, he was good at getting into positions, but he had no football ability when he got to them. He had the instincts, but not the ability. Because he scored some good goals at other clubs. He didn't um, score for us. Like, he didn't come anywhere near it. No, he that's the, the thing. Bar. He, he hit the yeah. bar once. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's got a good shot on him, but we, we saw nothing of the sort from him the whole time. I thought he was going to be really good, right? I know this is getting off the point. But in that Arsenal game when we lost 3-2 at home, he was harrying players to the point where he was making them make mistakes. But after yeah. that game, that didn't seem to happen anymore. He seemed to retreat further and further back. Hmm. Um, I don't know if that was the way he was played or whatever but um, I was disappointed with him and I don't really understand the fans who love and he bottled it. It, it it's nice to see that he managed to like all that love and support he got from the Cardiff fans he threw away on the last day by not coming to the, not coming to the game or coming to didn't the come end to, of season he went he didn't to, come to the last training session did he no he went so Cam, to watch Camarasa was at the last training session but Harter wasn't sorry and he went to watch Fulham instead um, 
who he then yeah. signed for. Didn't yeah. sit in the hospitality box or anything. No, sat in the fans. Sat in with the fans. Prick. Because he, he lives around there, doesn't he? He lives in Kensington. His brother's, his, his brother-in-law's the fucking manager. I don't want to put Harry Arthur anywhere near the Hall of Fame now. Yeah, what have you done then? <laughs> <laughs> right, you can say yours because I reckon yours will win. I, yeah. I just love how you went with the, uh, you're not going to win this week, Ben Price. I've gone big with Harry Arthur Geth and Jonathan Hogg sent off. <laughs> it was, like, it was superb shithousery, though. It, it, it was superb shithousery. It, right, yeah. it was right in front of me. It was um, the sort of corner by the, between yeah. the canton and the Ninian stand. It was right by me there and it was fucking class. It was beautiful. Right, who did I go for? Right. God, it's FA Cup week. You know, I thought I'd go back to an FA Cup highlight. And I don't know why this goal isn't talked about more, to be honest. It's the Hasselbank goal against mm. Wolves in 2008. Like, it's just as a sequence of football. It's fantastic. He gets the ball, you know, around the halfway line, pings it out to, uh, I think it was Paul Parry. He puts a deep Paul cross Parry. in. <laughs> he puts a deep cross into Wits, who then slides the ball across. And the way that Hasselbank just leaves the ball roll across him, fakes with the right foot onto his left and just curls it into that top corner is just an absolute thing of beauty. It was an unbelievable goal. And yeah. I just wanted an excuse to, for people to watch it again because it's just such a good goal. And obviously, it was a fantastic cup run that year, but I feel like that one's forgotten about a little bit. And it, it's just an absolutely magnificent well, finish. It was, it, was, it was a cup run of really good goals, wasn't it? There was the Wits one, yeah. the, the Wits goal and Johnson goal at Middlesbrough were both fantastic. There was McNaughton's volley at Hereford. Aaron Ramsey's... ignore that. I know, straight in there, straight in there. Um, Ramsey's first goal for the club against Chase Town. The Whittingham goal against Wolves, where he broke from the halfway line and broke the lines really well. I mean, they, they were all really good goals, right? I, but the Hasselbank one, I think you're right, it, it's overlooked somewhat. Yeah, it, it's, I watched it earlier on, I, I, and I knew it was a good goal when I thought about it. And when, but when I watched it again, I said, like, that's even better than I remember. I just, oh, I'm going to watch it again after this, to be honest. I just what watched it now. That team, on, that team was on. Like you look at the names in that squad on paper, it was a bloody good squad, wasn't it? It's was a good time to be a Cardiff fan, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But was it? I mean, if you look at it, Roger Johnson, Glenn Leuven's probably the two best looking centre halves we've had in a long time. Um, Darren Purse was still involved. We had, we had, we, we didn't just have one legend. We didn't just have Hasselbank. We had Trevor Sinclair and Robbie Fowler in that team. It's madness, isn't it? Absolute it's mad madness. when you think about it. We had Gavin Ray. Um, Sunday, Monday, Gavin Ray, Joe Ledley was still around then. Warren Feeney, Irwin uh, <laughs> <Irwin> Sack, <laughs> all the Matt greats. Green, all the greats, all the greats. Um, but yeah, I mean that starting that was it. Enkelman, McNaughton, Capaldi, Ray, Leuven's, Johnson, Whittingham, McPhail, Parry, um, Hasselbank, Ricardo Schimmicker was still there. Oh, could you, I'm just oh, reading, reading was names class, now. wasn't he? Reading names off that. I loved Paul Parry. Yeah, Paul Parry was very good as well. I love Paul Parry when he was he scoring his debut against Nor- Norwich with a, a cross come shot. Um, I think it was. I can't remember. That was a long time ago. Right. <laughs> anyway, the view from Ninian Hall of Fame vote will be happening. When will it be happening, Ben Price? Wednesday lunchtime. Wednesday lunchtime. So keep an eye on our Twitter for that, and then we'll be revealing the results on the next podcast. Um, and I guess that's it for another week of the view from the Ninian. Tom, where will you be watching the game on Wednesday? Tuesday. Uh, where I'm sitting currently on my, my chair on my desk. It's quite depressing, really. But yeah. Ben, where will you be watching it? Um, I don't know. Probably watch it on the sofa. Oh, very nice. Po- oh, posh. Oh, posh this time. I might watch it on my sofa or the seat I'm at currently. I haven't decided yet. So, you know, oh, it's exciting. All the options, really. I've got please to keep let, it fresh for a Tuesday. Let, let us know. Please let us know. Yeah, I will, I will let you guys know. But until then, Ben, see you next week. All the best. Tom, bye. See ya. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and.